Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. A phenomenal week 10 in the NFL. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of great action this past uh, Sunday as we wrap things up with a very interesting Sunday night football game between the Patriots and the Ravens. Uh, looked like the most miserable game to be in attendance for. Uh, I think fans are probably happy that they could not be at that game because, man, oh, man, that would have been absolutely miserable and freezing to attend. But we are going to kick things off with our headlines coming out of the weekend. Jake, I will let you kick things off. What is your headline coming out of week 10? The Tom Brady-led Buccaneers bounce back big. <laughs> Bear with me as I read you some notes of the ass-whooping that they put on the Carolina Panthers today. Four, if I don't score, 46 to 23, which doesn't really tell the story. When you kick a 23, 24, and 21-yard field goal, and your head coach is pissed off saying you left 20 points out there. Your defense gave up 187 total yards. They gave up over 100 in the first quarter. Do that math. Ronald Jones alone outgained the entire Carolina Panthers with 192 yards on the ground. Mike Evans, 72 with a touchdown. Chris Godwin, 92. Uh, Antonio Brown, 69. Gronk, 51 with a touchdown. Tom Brady, 341 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. If that's not bouncing back big as a team and the overreaction bullshit that I had to listen to all week from a damn embarrassing loss last week, damn embarrassing in national TV, that's how a good team bounces back. By the way, there's a lot of teams – in the NFL that have lost back-to-back games, the Bucs ain't one of them. They've lost, and they've blown out the opponent by 20-plus points the next week. That's how you bounce back in the NFL. That's how you show character. That's how you show what kind of team you are. Shows what kind of leadership you have in the locker room and upstairs. I I thought it was just a dominant performance by them. Even it was tied 17-17 half. It wasn't great going in the first, but they have the ability, they've shown multiple times now, to step on the gas and step on your throat in the second half when it's time to do it. It was a damn impressive win. Yeah, and I think the big question, right, coming out of that loss against the Saints was, okay, you're going on the road, you're going to play a divisional opponent, we want to see you be the team that we all think you could be, right? And they took care of business in a big way. And By and the way, they had some crazy stuff happen this week. Sorry to cut you off, babe. Like, And I think it probably was a good thing. But you have a hurricane come through. I know. You have to change the practice schedule. Tom Brady watches his jet skis fly it off into the freaking into the into the bay then you're trying to leave and you sit on a plane for six hours before you get off and all the sports science guru nutritionists out there were like they fed the team what they ordered pizzas and meatball sandwiches and shit to a hangar because they finally got off the plane and they had guys inside outside they didn't get there till midnight last night they didn't meet they just went out and then put an ass whooping on them. maybe that's why they started a little slow but I'm kind of cool with like, all right, like it's, it probably sucks to sit on a plane for six hours, but whatever it was, it worked. My point is there's a lot of adversity that went into this week on top of what happened Sunday night. Maybe it was a nice distraction of all that kind of stuff, but there was a lot going on to still go out and have that kind of performance. Yeah. As I said, exactly what you want to see from that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team and exactly the type of thing that shuts people up, right? You don't want to hear about it all week long. You go take care of business and you take care of business in a big way because if you skate by and you barely win that game, the noise is going to continue. The chatter is going to continue. They go put up a performance like they did against the Giants, and that's not what we're coming out this week and talking about. It's going to be like, well, they barely beat Carolina. No, they they destroy Carolina on both sides of the football. By the way, I didn't football. mention they didn't punt. <laughs> they had a turnover on their second play from offense insane. and then didn't punt. Eight different receivers, like 544 yards of offense, and they gave up 187. 
Yeah, it was it was an ass whooping. I, I don't want. I mean, I it was an ass whooping. Forty-six to twenty-three looked like that was the total picture because it was worse than that. Yeah, it was. As I said, it was an absolute ass whooping, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot less chatter this week about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It will be, you know, what they'll just go back, and there may be a different discussion going on around the NFC South, seeing as Drew Brees left the game, and now there's a lot to discuss about what's going on, what the hell's going on in New Orleans. So. Why don't you just shift your focus over there? Because they got their own stuff to deal with, and it'll be interesting to see what goes on now with Tampa Bay. Jamie, your headline coming out of this week. Uh, my headline is that the Raiders' offense deserves more love. They dropped 37 points today. And if I go back, and we mentioned this on the show last week, and we take out that crazy – we saw another crazy weather game in Cleveland today. Let's take out that crazy one a couple weeks back where, where Vegas won and played there. They'd be top 10 in the NFL offensively in total yards and top three in the NFL in average points per game. And they're not being talked about enough. Uh, This offense, with Derek Carr not being asked to do much today, they ran the ball like crazy with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker. The Devontae Booker revenge game we didn't know was going to happen happened here (laughs) with two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, they're able, they're multifaceted. They're able to beat you on offense in different ways. They've been able to win with Derek Carr playing a more vertical passing style certain weeks. They've been able to win with leaning on Jacobs in that running game certain weeks. This is a really interesting team in that AFC wildcard picture. They're not going to catch the Chiefs, but they're going to be a tough out for one of those home playoff teams that win their division. And it's going to be really exciting to see how they play the rest of the year because this offense has been humming pretty much every week they've played in normal human conditions They've been extremely successful. Even that Cleveland game, Jamie, they moved the ball well. They went yeah. on long, sustained drives. They missed the field goal on a doink on the first drive. But they actually moved it pretty good in that horrendously bad weather. You're exactly right, man. That offense has been really good. Listen, they play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Will be very interesting at home, right? The Vegas Raiders will be at home. They've already beat them once. They beat them again. This gets really interesting, right? I know there are a couple games behind them, but you got you get two games against them in hand, and it's it doesn't become that the if the Chiefs go to eight and two, and the Raiders move on and they're seven and three, and they beat the Chiefs twice. That's really interesting. Then all of a sudden that division becomes really really close, much closer than we anticipated it was. Chiefs still got to play the Bucks. They still got to play the Saints. Yeah. I was going to say the Chiefs don't have an easy schedule either. And listen, I'm, I will not be surprised if the Chiefs come off the bye and beat the, beat the Raiders by two touchdowns. Like, I will not be surprised if that happens at all. But Especially with already, the post by track record. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, I'll, 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 I'll take that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably looking like, like that's going to happen, but you never know. The Raiders definitely deserve more love. All right, my headline coming out of the week. And this pains me because I was so excited. The first, I would say the first half of this year, Russell Wilson was cooking. Everybody was excited. But guys, we got to be real here. Russell Wilson is not, not only not cooking, okay? This is in the last- He ain't even heating up ramen in the microwave. No, 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 no. One and three in their last four games, okay? Including an 0-3 record on the road during that stretch. In those three games, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. 13 sacks and a 79.8 passer rating. It is and how many fumbles? A ton. I think I think there's four at least four fumbles in there as well. It is it is not good, guys. You that did. is a that is very bad. That's that's those are uncharacteristic Ten. turnovers for Russell Wilson. 10 in the last 4 games. 10 turnovers. That's horrible. It's horrible and it's not going to win you games and I know One they're missing three. yeah, I know they're missing pieces. And I know that there's issues here, but I lead all this into say Thursday night football is must win football against the Arizona Cardinals. This team has to win that game at home in Seattle and start riding the ship because it's getting too late in the year now where you lose again and you're one in four in your last five. It's starting to get too late to start turning things around. And then you're 0-2 against the Cardinals in your division. You start, you already lost to the Red. Like, you got to get it going here somewhere. And this is a, this is a, to me, I know I don't like throwing around must win, but to me, it, it, it just, it is. You got to get it this is. done. You got to, if you think you're going to win this division, you have to win this football game. You can still make the playoffs, but you, that's not the, that's not the goal here for Seattle. I want to see what they do to do it, Paige. I mean, they're going to get some, they're going to get, some, I think Carson's going to be back. Hyde might be back. They might actually have some, but their offensive line is it's atrocious. atrocious. Yeah. 
their defense was actually okay after a really bad start today. But I don't even know how much stock we can put in that. But if their offensive line is going to play that bad, I don't give a damn if Russ is trying to cook or not. He was running for his life. By the way, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the air. I think it was the game before the Cardinals game. Remember when I mentioned he took a really big shot to the face? And he doesn't look like the same guy. His eyes don't have the same intensity. That rah-rah crap that he's always doing, clapping, cheering, that's not there. It hasn't been there in three or four weeks. I don't know if there was that hit. Something's going on. He does not look like the same guy. The energy does not seem to be there. The passion doesn't seem to be there. And the play is definitely not the same as it was early in the season. It's, it's concerning because this topic, their offensive line, has been a topic for what seems like forever. This has been a topic for many seasons as they trans, as they made this transfer of, we're no longer the Legion of Boom, we're going to put this emphasis on Russell Wilson. And you paid him, you paid him twice. And there just hasn't been, you've got tons of weapons, I like Lockett, you like DK Metcalf, when healthy, you got Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. But that doesn't matter if Russell Wilson is constantly running around. He's gotten sacked th- th- 13 times in three games that's horrible at a certain point you got to address that yes but he's also starting to make mistakes on his own and i think yes. this game was a i mean there was a clear he has one interception where he's got a wide open lane to run in front of him and he instead throws the ball into coverage and gets picked off uh only three targets or four targets for dk metcalf in this game who was not on ramsey all game so that there you know he yes ramsey was on him some but metcalf was open on more than a few plays even on ramsey a few times it, there's going to be an article that, that goes up on the draftnetwork.com by the time that you're listening to this, but uh, from, from Alexis t- talking about how this is finally the game where Russell Wilson can't escape blame. Like we're always able to say, yes, the defense still has issues. Yes. The offensive line has been bad, but this game was one of the first ones where you can actively point at Russell Wilson and say, your team had a chance to win and you didn't help get the job done this time. And so this is, you know, when we talk about this big picture, there are two thoughts here on an individual level. He's no longer the MVP favorite. And I think that's pretty clear. That's Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's in a conversation at this point. He would have to have some bounce back. He would have to really bounce back at this point. I mean, I know we're not giving out the first half awards, but I mean, he ain't in the top five right now. And I'd have to go see where I have these. He's definitely not one or two. I don't know where I'd put him after that. I haven't thought f- further beyond that, but he's not in that conversation. He escapes blame in the national media, but if you go back to the Cardinals game, he's the reason they lost. As good as yep. he played, he made some unbelievable plays. He is the reason they lost. For and sure. He didn't get the blame. He had four turnovers last week. Yeah. The Bills kicked their ass. The, yeah. the last he was four the weeks. reason again today. Like You can't be the reason that your team wins and get all the credit and then be the reason your team loses and not take the blame. He yeah. escapes him and Cam Newton escape blame like I've never seen. Yeah. They don't want to point the finger at Russ because they've been so good at times. He it's it's all on him. Yeah. If you're gonna make him Superman, you live and die with it, then you point the finger at him when you lose because he turned it over four times again. It, it's cr- it's crazy to me because I'm watching everyone and I'm watching all that's why I like this headline segment, right? Because it's a headline coming out of the week and it it reminds me a lot of what will drive the the narrative for the upcoming week in the national media, right? And I, I am waiting to see what the reaction is about Russell Wilson because that we're talking about the last four games, guys. This isn't one game. They're one and three in their last four games. Like they're not, they have not, he has not been good in their last four games, no. period. Like that yeah. is not a small sample size. That's almost a half of the season that we've watched so far. And MVPs don't go a month playing that bad and win the MVP. You're not even exactly. in the conversation if you play bad for a month. And that's what we've seen. And to Jake's point, you can directly look at two losses in particular and point the finger at Russell Wilson. Like that, the Arizona loss and the loss against the Rams, those are two divisional games where they were winnable and Russell Wilson lost them. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to, like I know the defense gave up a ton of yards today. They didn't give up that many points. If, if you, if you would have told me, if we would have been on the show Friday and I would say to you that the Seahawks defense was going to hold the Rams to 23 points. Yeah. You would have chalked it up for a Seattle victory without even thinking about it for three 100%. seconds. They lost by four. Yeah, they lost by 14 is what I would have said. Yes. And, and if you watch that game, you kept waiting for Wilson and company to make a play, and it just did not happen. So um, I just – it's unfortunate. But, like, bigger picture here is this division is completely up in the air, and that's really exciting. Yeah. Like they're, they're, I don't know who's going to win this division right now, uh, you know, between the Rams and the Cardinals. And, I mean, in Seattle, all of them have their flaws – all of them we've seen bottom out on certain weeks and all of them we've seen really push to the top. 
The problem is it's been a while since we've seen Seattle do anything. And even when they were good, they were just good on one side of the ball. Yeah. Like, and they I were don't beating bad the, teams. Yeah. They I don't never know beat anybody any good. Yeah. I don't either. Like this loss, I'm, I'm looking at the wildcard picture now. Like if they lose on Thursday, which they very well They're could. Done. Yeah, like they would fall at that point. The, the only thing that's going to be their saving grace is somebody's going to have, with the extra playoff spot, somebody's going to have to catch them. And that may be, and again, after this next week, it might be the Bears that catch them and take that last spot for right now. But I don't think the Lions are going to get there, but that's their only saving grace is that there isn't a great eighth team in the NFC right now. But I don't, I don't like their chances to if do they, much If damage. they go that route. Yeah. If it's, it stays at seven, I think that if they lose Thursday night, man, they're looking up at the pack. Yeah, that's why that's why I wanted to discuss this headline because I think it's not just this week. It's it blends this week into obviously Thursday early or the later part of this upcoming week and, and Monday. You, and Monday. I mean the right? Bears play Monday. That's what I'm talking Spoiler, about. We're gonna uh, we might pick them to win this game later in the show. That would put them at six and four. The Seahawks lose on Thursday, they're six and four. Yep. That's the last Let me ask you guys spot. this. Let me ask you guys this. Is it time to panic now, or do you wait till Friday when you lose the Cardinals and you lost them twice this year? Is it is it is it somewhat panic now and it's full fledged? Oh shit! On Friday, full fledged panic mode. Like, so I, if I'm if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm going, man. If we really analyze this, we skated by some bad teams and barely won with a phenomenal offensive performance. But now we've gotten our brains beat in three weeks in a row defensively Russell turning over stuff we can't have happen I'm starting to panic I would panic now but I think the collective narrative will catch up if they lose on Thursday like the conversation is going to be had on Friday morning if they lose to the Cardinals will match where they should their panic level should be at right now yeah if I'm that's a great way to put it Jen yeah if I'm them um my panic level is like at a seven out of ten like it's pretty high if we lose if they lose to the Cardinals on Thursday it's a nine out of ten like it goes, it's, it jumps and it's, you're in a place that you are no longer comfortable with because if Kyler goes up there and puts up a better performance than Russell and wins the game again, again, you got big issues, man. You got, <laughs> because, because you now, got now big you issues. So if you lose this game, your, your choices are even best case scenario is you're going to play Arizona again after losing them twice in Arizona, you have to go to the Superdome or to Tampa or to Green Bay. Are you picking them to win that game against any of those teams? No. no. And that's best case scenario. That's if you sneak in that final spot. That's if the Bears and the Niners and those teams can't catch you at the last second. Like then you you're going to get that home that home loss by 10 points. Or like I just Yeah. This is this is rough. Like we talked about this a few weeks back. Uh and Jake in particular because he wrote an article about this about why the Seahawks would not be Super Bowl contenders because of that defense. And now there's some other issues with this team. So they still have that glaring problem. And now other issues are emerging. This team, they might make the playoffs, but they feel like they're going nowhere fast. And I know, and I know that because they're six and three, the panic level is not going to be where it needs to be because it's Russell Wilson. The panic level is not going to be where it needs to be, but, and you know what? Three weeks ago, okay you were six and oh. Yeah. Like I, I would be okay. Easing off the panic button slightly. If you show me something on Thursday night and win that football game. But if you don't, it's full red alert, like your season's on the line type of panic. If their offense click it clicks on all cylinders on Thursday night and they rough up Kyler Murray and it's not and it's a it's a definitive, like strong victory at home on Thursday night, it flips pretty quickly. Not fully, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, you got especially if Chris Carson comes back and they can establish the run and the football, they they look like they can run their offense. The problem with this football team is, and Jake has said it, we've all said it, if Russ and this offense do not play otherworldly, the other side of the football is so bad as a liability that you have problems. And now you not only have Russ not playing otherworldly, you have Russ playing below average for Russ. So that was not, I, I didn't factor that in at any point for this season. I didn't factor in Russell Wilson having this four game stretch that he's had this last four weeks. I never thought that would happen. There's so that's an where this, it's another factor. There's an argument to be made that if you take away, and I know there, it's a lot to take away, but take away San Fran's injuries, the Seahawks are the worst team in this division. Yes. Like I think yeah. the only thing that Period. keeps us in that like semi, like, oh, maybe they could do it is that there's always the fear that Jared Goff turns into a pumpkin any given <laughs> 
and the Niners don't can't feel the healthy roster. That's what's keeping this close. Like if like if if you get if you if, if you just had like a game manager for the Rams. Okay, if you just like Jared Goff, like on scripted Jared Goff throughout the rest of the game, there'll be no doubt that the Rams are head and shoulders above what Seattle's putting out there. But there's always that fear that Goff's going to have that like blow up game that really just ruins it for you. But I, I just I, I'm completely unenthused by the Seahawks team. And the only thing that was enthusiastic was Russell Wilson throwing the deep ball like a madman earlier this year. And now that there's some warts in his game, partially because of having to do so much, partially because they're there. They've always been there to a certain extent. Uh, I'm just not excited. Like I, I, I'm worried about this team long term. Like you, the rest you, of this season and beyond. It's the difference for me between what I value as like a Super Bowl contender and what I evaluate as a, as a good, a great, a great quarterback with a way below average team, right? And we've talked about how bad this roster is. If Tom Brady has a bad game. Right. If he has a below average game, not an, not an atrocious game, but just a below average game, the defensive side of the football is good enough to keep them in a football game that does not exist in Seattle. It doesn't exist. They can't do that because they can't create turnovers. They have no pass rush. They can. It, it is. That's why that team is not a Super Bowl contender. And it's been that way for a long time, guys. It's been that way for a long time. And we have talked about. The fact that this drafting that has happened in Seattle for a long time now has created an environment where Russell Wilson has masked that they have not had a good roster for a very long time. And if Russell Wilson all of a sudden starts to play like this, then all of a sudden the wheels are going to come off. So it's it's going to be By really way, interesting. If the wheels do come off, there's no hope in sight with all these trades they've made. Given up oh, all the I know. And That's the other part. Is not their friend. That's they become the Rams of last year. That's what happens if they went all in and they end up on the outside looking in after they went. They they should take all the heat the Rams took, all of it. Mm-hmm. The problem is the Rams made those moves and they're okay eating some dead money. There's no Todd Gurley's to get rid of. I know. You're gonna what you're gonna end up doing is losing DK Metcalf because you can't pay him. I know. Then yeah. what are you? Yeah, it's. His, sorry, Seattle. For all you Seattle Seahawks fans, you definitely did not. You probably already turned the podcast off because you were yeah, so you were not, not listening. listening you were already crying, and you turned it off. But our Arizona fan base, they have turned the volume up to a 15, and they are just honking their horns and driving around because they are living for Seattle not being the top tier of this division. All right, stud and dud performances, guys. Why don't we kick things off with the stud performances? Jamie, you can go first. Yeah, I want to talk about T. Higgins. Uh, I, we've had the last couple of years, we've been really spoiled with quality wide receiver classes that have been able to produce right away. And, but I don't remember a player, maybe, maybe Terry McLaurin might be the, the, the example from last year. But aside from him and Higgins, I can't remember a guy that was getting fairly little fantasy hype in the preseason relative to the other rookies that has been so consistently successful week in, week out. Uh, against every defense and every matchup and every weather scenario, it's like he is the most consistent option on that Bengals receiving core. It's him, him and close with Tyler Boyd. He's been really, really exciting to watch another big game here. I mean, at this point, he's got to be must start. Like he's got to be at every week wide receiver too. I don't care what the matchup is. You don't even look. I don't care what number is next to the team matchup. He's an every week play because he's been really sensational this season. Uh, and, and I just continue to be impressed by a guy that we thought was going to be a distant third option. We'll see how he gets worked in with AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, and he continues to be successful. I still, I'm still probably getting too many start sit questions about him every single week. Uh, he needs to be starting in, in every single league, unless you have one of those like crazy leagues where you like went Devonte Adams and Julio Jones to start, and you picked up, you know, Wasn't somebody that else. Wasn't the question in the Friday, rounds, Jamie? But... Jacoby Myers or T Higgins? Yeah, that was one of our questions. Like. Uh, yep. Now, to be fair, T. Higgins didn't throw a touchdown tonight. Let's go, Jacoby. He looked, da- he looked damn Let's good. Let's go, baby. Jacoby throwing that son of a gun, too. And he yeah, and he pretty damn good playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, if Cam hit him on that touchdown that he threw, he would have had himself a really good night. He would have. Uh, but, no, but, but T. Higgins just uh, incredibly impressed by him because it is hard for receivers, uh, rookie receivers to make a major impact. Last year felt like an outlier. Mm-hmm. Now, this is two years in a row where we're starting to see a lot of guys make an impact on a weekly basis, and – there's really not a lot of downs for Higgins, so he deserves some love from me. 
by the way, that defense he played today is damn good and bounced back and had one of their best performances of the year against the rest of the offense other than him. That was their second. I mean, he, he was really good. This isn't about Higgins, more about Pittsburgh. That was their second complete effort of the season. Because we talked about them having through a complete effort. It's that game and the Browns game. But I, I know the Browns score looked probably even worse than this one. But I thought this was there from start to finish. The Bengals were never in this football game. Like, at no point did they go, oh, yeah, the Bengals have – like, the backdoor burrow thing went out the door about 10 minutes into that game. Like, yeah, we're not making shirts. This ain't yeah, happening. It got like, squashed. That was what I wanted to see from Pittsburgh. That was the game. I know it's a fantasy thing, but that was the game I've been waiting for. Of Like, you're undefeated, but put it together. Beat an opponent down when you have the chance. Don't let the Giants, don't let the Cowboys, don't let these teams hang around. They beat their opponent down today. By the way, Especially- props to Ben for uh, sitting on the couch all week. That's what I was just knees. about to say. <laughs> COVID. I told Ice you those knees. four touchdowns and 450. He just threw for 350 instead. I can't remember which defensive player from Cincinnati was an answering questions about it, but they were talking to him about Ben sitting out all week and if they thought that that would give him, uh, give Cincinnati a, a leg up. And he said, are you effing kidding me? It's Big Ben. <laughs> and then that's to a T. Exactly right. Because it didn't matter that he had banged up knees and he was sitting at home all week. He went out and, and, and 25 mile an hour wins where Joe Burrow threw some yeah. stuff. And Joe Burrow is really good. You guys know how I feel about him. Ben's just look, man, when you've been there, and just done different, that, man. That big, even with the arm not popping like it used to, he got through it big time. Like yeah, that should surprise nobody that that King, was the storyline this week. King of the North, baby. It's looking better and better as the weeks go on. We told it, you so. Told you just so. Wait till my final thoughts. <laughs> All right, who's your stud of the week? Old man Brady. Oh, I love it. 1.84 points, 341 yards passing, three passes. Well done, touchdowns. Jamie. A rushing touchdown. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you my dud because my dud is me in this dumbass <laughs> trade I made with Jamie for Carson Wentz, who had 6.72. By the way, I could be on Jamie's coattails, even though the trade was not. I, I thought really hard about this, but Antonio Brown is going to be the, the best part of that trade. But yes, oh, yeah, Carson st- Wentz is the dud, and Tom win. Brady is my stud. You still have a chance to I'm win this to. week. And I, Justin and Jefferson I lost. is going to go for more than more than 10. And I'm going to be five and five, tied with you, and we're going to be see how this thing finishes up. But Tom Brady looks like maybe the number one starting quarterback the rest of the way. The Rams defense is really good, but then he's got the Chiefs, the Falcons twice, the freaking Lions where Alex Smith threw for 390 yards on today, and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you're sitting pretty. You're sitting pretty if you have Tom Brady. Like, that's, that's, that is the ideal finish the year in fantasy football for a quarterback especially when you just watched this last performance against Carolina, you're like, all right, we're back. Feeling good. Feeling good about Tom and dear God, Eagles. I have so many thoughts and we will get into that. The final thoughts, Jamie, you're done performance of the week. By the way, is this the time where I get to complain that I have like the third highest point total in our league, but I've had more points scored against me than, than anybody else by like a hundred. So I'm five and five. I, lo- I actually looked at that today. Cause I was like, if I win and Jamie loses, we're both five and five. And then I went, Damn, I'm like 300 points. <laughs> I'm so mad. With this team that I have. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> also, that I finally traded DeAndre Swift before the breakout game. But we'll talk about that on another show. Uh, my dud is me. No, my dud is Michael Thomas. Um, this is a problem. So I, I, I know this is going to get explained away incorrectly in the fact that Drew Brees didn't play in the second half and they had Jameis Winston in this game. Michael Thomas is not as part of the, as big a part of this game plan as he's been in previous years. We've seen him for three games. Now he's got three catches, five catches and two catches. That's it. Now I want to send him tumbling down my rankings next week. And I knocked him down a few pegs, but they got the freaking Falcons. So this is, this is the, the put up or shut up game for Michael Thomas for fantasy this week. If he, he should have a monster game. I don't care who the quarterback is. Like, Jameis Winston can put up enough. Like, he might make mistakes, but he can put up enough yards, as you saw by the production of every Tampa Bay wide receiver last year, for Michael Thomas to be relevant. If he doesn't have a huge game against the Falcons next week, he's going to drop down to, like, low-end wide receiver two territory for me uh, for the rest of the season. This is this Screw is it. I'm calling it now. I'm taking the Falcons to win that game. I don't give a damn who plays quarterback for the Saints. It's that, it's that time of year. They always play close. I'm taking the Falcons now. There's my – Shout out for the week on freaking Sunday night. I love it. The I don't care about the line. I'll, I'll tell you what the freaking final pick is later, but I'm taking the Falcons to win that game. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all about this life. All right, where we were right, where we were wrong. Let's start off the bad. Let's start off where we went wrong this week. Jake, where were you wrong this week? Carson Wentz, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles offense, the weapons that they had returning, the healthier they got, and they look like absolute piles of dog shit. Not like a little bit, like a whole giant St. Bernard, like you got a whole family of St. Bernards of shit everywhere. They got destroyed. So not now look, this Giants defense has been pretty good. They've been in a lot of games. They're not getting any credit at all, but they were god-awful. Absolute god-awful. I was beyond wrong. They suck. I have no faith. I let it come back in. I let it take me over again that I had like this little bit of a feeling and a little bit I was going to buy in. No, I'm a freaking moron. There's No, dead wrong. Uh, I had to mute my mind because I was laughing so hard at Jake talking about St. Bernard's dog shit. <laughs> but anyways, the Eagles, this is a perfect description of what we watched from the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I, I don't want to say I was back on the train. I wasn't on the train. I was just like, you know, the NFC East is bad and Carson Wentz has some weapons back. So like they'll probably win this division and maybe get scary. No, no, Philadelphia. The Giants are going to no. run off this division. Yes, the Giants. I totally agree. And every New York Giants fan is going to lose their mind. And I am here for all of it because New York Giants fans have already bought in to 50% of them want Daniel Jones and the other 50% do not want Daniel Jones. So you better believe if they win this division, Daniel Jones ain't going anywhere. So that's, that's, that is what I am rooting for, but I want them to be like six and 10. And, and watch mostly Robert Juden. Shout out, Rob. Lovely. Gra- our, just, he does such great work for us at TDN. We put but our faces on money. He's the best. Yes, yes. He's the best. But he is so funny to watch squirm about the New York Knicks and the New York Giants. Well, I mean, there's no hope for the New York Knicks. So they, no. there's yeah, nothing to squirm about down. there. No. But look, the Giants, you're, 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 three wins, you're out. Like you're out of the rate. You're not getting fields. You're not getting more. You're done. No. So it's like, over. you're not getting, you, you might not even get Zach Wilson. Dimes anyway. No. no. So it's, like, it's over. The quarterback run is over. So at this point, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like once you're out of that race there, like they don't, they don't need a specific guy at five. Like they don't need Sewell. They don't need Sertan. Like yeah, you like those guys, but not like necessarily over some other needs that you have at this point, you've already won enough games. You're not going to get the uh, top three pick. Uh, but yeah, it's going to, they're only a game, ba- they're only one game back right now in the weird way that it stands they're two games back in the loss column, but only one game back actually in the standing. So I'm all in here giants. Let's go. Let's, let's do this, baby. I'm all in. I, I want to see it. Philadelphia deserves to burn because this shenanigans that's going on there. Like they, like I just, there's, there's so much that needs to be said about what that organization has done and how quickly they have gone from where they were to where they are now. And the fact that they are, don't have a promising future because of the cap space and the issues that we've talked about and aging, like it's not good for Philadelphia. And I am here for all of it because your fans are obnoxious and you guys did this to yourselves. So hopefully you just get to enjoy, you know, your one Super Bowl for the rest of eternity, just like we do in Chicago. So Jamie, uh my uh my wrong of the week was the value week 10 quarterbacks uh, that i was pretty excited about playing just outside of qb1 territory or right inside in one case but jared goff drew lock Derek carr those were three options that were all inside my top 15 top 16 for the week i thought there would be some significant value for those guys there i mean goff moved the ball down the field they just didn't he didn't throw for any touchdowns uh Derek carr wasn't needed to do much because they ran the ball like crazy with jacobs and Devonte booker and Drew Locke was, whew, was Drew Locke bad today? So yeah, he was. Uh, that was, that's always the risk. Uh, and it's, it's a risk you always take. It's just why it's good to have a stud quarterback when you can. I don't, don't draft them in round one or two. Um, talk to me about anybody who drafted Lamar Jackson this year, how you feel about that, that spot of draft capital. But this is why it's important to like direct, differentiate between really good players and good matchups. And sometimes across the board, not just the quarterbacks, but You'd much rather have a great player in a not-so-great matchup than a not-so-great player in a great matchup. Okay, this is the Denver Broncos' remaining schedule. Tell me where you see victories. They play the Dolphins. No. No. They play the Saints. 
No. They play the Chiefs. No. They play the they play Carolina on the road. No. Unless Teddy Bridgewater after oh, yeah, no, no, the year. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm agreeing. I'm shaking my head there. Sorry. They play Go Buffalo. The video they, show. They play Buffalo on the road. No. They play the Chargers on the road. Anything's Maybe. possible. Maybe. They play the Raiders. Anything is possible with the Chargers. No. No. So you. Because Raiders are going to need that game too. Best case scenario. Crazy snow in mile high or something. So and it's it's yeah it's it's in Denver. So best case scenario, you guys are thinking maybe two, but more than likely one or maybe zero, right? Over that next stretch of games, they're in the middle at one. Yeah, let's meet in the middle. Let's say they win one game, so they end up at four and twelve, right? This this team is going to have to really start thinking about whether or not Drew Locke is their dude and what they're going to be in the future because that is a ugly stretch, and I don't know what you're going to be able hear to pitch out. to Denver. All right, here hear we go. Me out. Hear me out. Here we go. This is what I was hoping for. Cortland Sutton, Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, Jerry Judy, Fant, Melvin Gordon. Alberto. Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that that's Love. been the interesting that name. That offense for me. is freaking unstoppable. That's been the interesting name because he's a guy that's like come up in my mind a few times. If if he wants to play again, like what there are a few he's options. Magic. He wants to grow a beard in Denver. There are a few this. teams that make that offense could be unstoppable. I'm all in for that, dude. That's oh by the way, Tim Patrick, who's turned out to be really really good. Yeah. That's five legit receivers with no offense who I'll say again, won't block a soul, but he can catch with multiple uh, running backs. And then you take a high draft pick because you're going to suck and mm-hmm. go freaking left tackle or right tackle, whichever one's playing. Garrett Bowles is still playing okay. But you need the offensive lineup. I need – You're going to be so I, mad when he takes a league minimum deal to go play in New Orleans next year. It's going to be – Oh, that's vomit. Do not even put that out into the universe, Jamie. <laughs> you just love oh, Jamie. You want to play with him some more? God, do not say that. It, what it, I, right now, for one year, given their situation, I'd take Fitzpatrick. Okay. This is free agent too. What I need is I need Robert Juden. He's getting a second shout-out. Uh, because of what Henry behind the scenes, our intern just said, uh, Snowbeard. I need John Snow outfit photoshopped yeah. with Ryan Fitzpatrick with the beard from Game of Thrones. Need the flowing, it. The flowing bad. locks of need the facial beardness. Okay, he would be a phenom in Denver. I absolutely need it with that offense. I love oh, that we put that out into the I, universe. If their offensive line plays defense, how the hell are you stopping them? That's all what I'm saying. I'm all in. Third-year players, Cortland Sutton coming back. That's five legit guys. Deshaun Hamilton's no freaking joke. He hasn't been great, but he's still a really talented guy. Like, and he's the fifth. Yeah, no, I'm all in. Get, give me Fitzmagic there. Move on from Drew Locke. Let him be a backup. Keep and Drew Locke. Just be the backup. That's what I'm saying. Here. Be a backup. You can't beat him out. Yeah. It's, oh, I need it bad. Fitzmagic deserves to have one time where he's the dude, doesn't get taken no, away from he, him, and he gets to just play – the whole season and and is given a chance. Now I remember who it is. I was I was like I was looking up Fitzpatrick for a specific reason of a specific team fit, and now I remember what it was. Indianapolis. Oh yes, yes. I'm not going to Indy if I can go play with those dudes in Denver for sure. By the way, we're talking about Danny Dimes. We're talking about Sam Darnold. There's going to be some serious Jimmy Garoppolo is probably looking. Oh, for there's going to be a lot of changes. Darnold, Darnold yeah, Trubisky. Where do you see a lot of moves? What if we can't throw Trubisky in the mix with those dudes oh. going somewhere else? I don't know. Like what's Denver, right? Denver Sam Donald's about anything lately. I can throw him in there. You want to know why? Because I know exactly how this plays out. Mitchie freaking football leaves and goes somewhere like San Francisco and becomes an absolute star, and I have to watch it in pain. Okay? So just I like his chances I'm, better there with Kyle. <sighs> yeah, we know. All right, let's talk about something else before I cry. Uh, what did we get right this week? Jake, you first. The Raiders were my lock of the week, man. Yeah, Four, four and a half, five, whatever you wanted to give them, it just felt like a freaking mismatch. Now, they blew them out. Their defense played really well. They got some turnovers. But the Raiders are legit. I'm telling you guys, I watched them that, that game so closely. I watched them a bunch this year. You guys know the uh, the wifey is a big fan of the Raiders, mm-hmm. so I watch them probably more than anybody else <laughs> other than the Bucks. They're freaking good. They're really good. I got it. I mean, I've been trying to tell you, they put it on full display today. It was they're they're fun to watch, man. And they they're really good in a bunch of different ways. Like Jamie was saying, like that offense can be ground and pound. They could be dynamic. Derek Carr's still playing really, really well when he needs to be. 
And he would have had a pretty good fantasy day too if Waller didn't drop an easy touchdown. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, that was a very, very good performance for the Raiders, as we talked about, uh, and a very, very good lock for the TDN Fantasy Squad. So hopefully you made some money on that one. Jamie, what did you get right this week? Speaking of making money. Money. <laughs> Hello, J.D. McKissick. Yeah. Uh, I will continue to – I. I if they're gonna if if our good friends at Better Line are gonna continue to hand me money each and every week uh, money. with these with these reception props on JD McKissick, I'm going to take it. Fifteen targets for JD McKissick after getting 14 last week. Seven for th- 43 ran for a touchdown. He's an integral part of their game plan. They had him on the field in, in two running back sets. Then him on the field in three running back sets with Peyton Barber out there as well. They line him up at wide receiver. They line him up in line. I mean, they put him all over the field. That, I mean, he had a a touchdown that he dropped. I mean, there's, there were so many plays in this game. By the way, if Alex this. Smith's going to throw for 390 yards, then you got to love it even more. I mean, absolutely. Alex Smith, their quarterback, and played phenomenal. Shout out to him, by the way, for yeah. 390 oh, yard performance. I didn't think that was even ever possible. I, yeah, I, but, I don't dude. care who you're playing. If you do that in the NFL after what he suffered and the fact that he came back and is playing, I am being 100% truthful in saying I did not think he had that performance in him ever. No, again. Not, not, even, not even close, but that's just, just to Jamie's point. He loves the dude. He's what, 14 and 15 targets the last two weeks? Oh, yeah. It's 29 targets over the last two weeks. Run more routes than any other running back. Uh, yeah, Alex Smith, by the way, like unanimous comeback player of the year. That's not even going to be in the yeah, that's a wrap. as we discussed before. Uh, but again, he's somebody that you've, if you've been following my, my plus odds, only player props on Fridays that are released at the draft network, you're, you're finding out that he's, he's a big moneymaker. Uh, we made almost eight units just on his bets this week. Uh, I mean that, that Vegas has not adjusted yet. So that's one that's been really exciting. And for fantasy purposes, he's, he's a weekly RB too, like in PPR leagues, especially with the state of the running back position, he's given you consistent production every single week. And you have to like his next two matchups. He plays Cincinnati and he plays the Cowboys. Those are the next two. So you like the next two matchups for him. And let's see if, uh, if our friends over at bet online start to adjust or anywhere else, but if they don't free money, let's keep playing. It's, it seems like it's, a, it's been, it's been good for sure. These should be my locks of the week. See, the issue that I'm having is I have to make my locks before the player props come out for the weekend's games. And by the way, my locks this year have been hot garbage. You want to talk about like whatever St. Bernard, Great Dane, piles of poop. Those, those have been my locks. Everything else about the betting has been fine. Literally just the ones I'm like, yeah, these are the ones I'm most sure about. Trash. Everything else, props, against the spread regularly, all of those stuff. By the way, Jamie, you can make a prediction right now for next Monday night's game and take the Rams. But the do same, it. I, your primetime games are about like two blocks. Take I've already screwed over the Bears, now, by the way. And stay on it all week. No, I've screwed them week. over. Because Jamie, I won my, my obligatory one primetime game when the Colts won. Like, that was it. I should have known This better. is bad. Uh, you can only uh, get one of the three right every week. It's just the rules. Yeah, you better believe that I'm, I'm going to send Lori Demacos from Chicago, from Lincoln Park. She's going to head south and find you on Michigan Avenue because she's going to be pissed when I tell her that I'm blaming you for the Bears, Bears loss. Here. Yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, mom, this, this is the reason we lost. Uh, okay, Monday Night Football preview. We have a new sponsor we're very excited about, especially the guys. They're very excited about this. So, Jamie, why don't you tell everybody about our new sponsor, Manscaped? Yes, uh, support for our show comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They have a special deal coming out right now, too. It's almost, it's almost holiday season, guys. Oh, don't, don't, no, this is great. This is, it's holiday season now, which is so weird because it's just, this whole year feels like it's a blur. But it's holiday time. Jingle balls to the walls, fella, because you got to listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking specifically about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Now, uh, I, I was shaving this weekend, and I cut myself on my hands a couple times. You do not want that to happen when you're shaving below the belt. Let me tell you, that is bad news all around, but that won't happen with Manscaped. Uh, they've redesigned their new electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, with proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so it won't cut your nuts. I, I mean... Trust me, like that's there's really there's nothing, nothing else to say other than that. Better on this planet than that. So get your yes. package for your package the holiday season. Lawnmower 2.0, big fan. It was nice. The 3.0 and our new package for the package. Premium upgrade. Nice job, Manscaped. 
Absolutely. And the, and the perfect package 3.0, this gift comes with the crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You put already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not put on, why not put it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls do stink. Looking at you, Hank, our intern. I've heard, I've heard people have written into the show. It's coming through the zoom. So you need, you need this crop preserver right now. It's tis the season to manscape to go get yourself. If it's for you, your dad, your brother, your friends, whatever you, whatever you need, uh, our intern is losing it right now. Whatever you need, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 is the gift for you. You can get 20% off right now by using our exclusive code TDN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TDN at manscaped.com. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year so you don't get a lump of coal. Listen, uh, Linda. The greatest promo read in the history of promo reads. Our friend, our friend. I didn't have to do it. It's, this, this is, is only, only going to get one. better. These are going to improve. Yeah, these are going to get I better. Am... And it's now going to become a shtick where we make fun of Hank uh, as it pertains to oh, Manscaped yeah. and how we, we heard from Linda down at the Rusty Spur. And things are, things are oh, really that's bad that's for Hank right now. Off the show. No, it's... but seriously, though. I mean, look, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, if you want activities – in that area, if you want to be useful in that spot, you want you want more activity, more action. Want it to be more presentable, right? I mean, if you want, you want. Don't be gross, home, guys. Like just like take care home, of yourselves. You cut, yeah, you that's really where this is. There's there's the there's the. That's all you needed. You heard from the lady. Like take just don't don't be gross. Take care of your junk and like get twenty percent off using code TDN. Like well, I'm just I, as the female on the show, I'm trying to help you out. I know there's a lot of male listeners. Y'all need help for those of you that are single that are trying to find a lady. Just hey, clean yourselves up. There's a up. lot of ladies on there. Buy it for your dude. Yeah, buy it for your dude. Get man. Absolutely. Package, get, him, get him a package for his package. I like yeah. my tagline. Yeah. Listen, I think Manscaped is going to really like that we came up with our own tagline. So shout out Manscaped. 20% You're off. Welcome. Use code TDN. Well done, Jamie. Monday Night Football. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online. The line is Minnesota minus three. But the big news. The big news that I have not been able to joyfully enjoy with my people on the podcast since it came out on Friday is that Matt Nagy gave a play calling. And I cannot believe that this happened. I can, I truly never thought that BU, Matt Nagy, with his stupid play call, would ever give up his dumb, oh, just, I cannot, I truly, even if they lose this game, even if they lose this game, there's at least going to be the fact that they tried and did this because it has been atrocious. I did not think that Matt Nagy would give this up. I, in fact, when I saw it, when Jamie first said it, I said, do not play with me, Jamie, because he put it in the Slack channel. And I was like, don't mess with me, dude. Like, <laughs> you better, that better be a Schefter tweet. Otherwise I'm going to be really pissed off. But let's see what it got. Let's, we know the stats. I have a lot of confidence playing Kirk Cousins. Okay, so I have a lot of confidence playing Kirk Cousins at Soldier Field with this Bears defense. Guys, break it down for me. Vikings minus three. I'll let you go first, Jake. What do you think is going to happen in this one? I'd feel better if it was Bill Walsh and not Bill Lazar, but <laughs> I still I still like the fact that, that they made the move. Uh, I'm going to take the Bears, 24-21. I think they get it done for all the reasons we talked about the other day. Kirk Cousins primetime. Kirk Cousins playing a team with a winning record. The Bears defense, period, end of story, is really, really good. Dalvin Cook's going to be better than most people think, but he's not going to be good enough to win this game by himself. Kirk Cousins is going to have to make some plays. I don't think he makes enough. But the biggest reason is this Minnesota defense is awful. I think Nick Foles can take advantage of it. I think Allen Robinson has a solid night. I think the Bears get it done at home. Prime time, Monday night football in Chicago. Uh, listen, nothing will make me happier. And quite frankly, I think the Chicago media will be off the rails if Matt Nagy gives up the play calling and then they win this football game. We'll be Look, just craziness. Thing is overreaction to how bad Minnesota beat Green Bay because they ran it down their throat. Jacksonville did the same thing today. I know. Chicago's defense ain't Green Bay's sorry ass defense. Like it's not even, they're not in the same hemisphere. Yeah, which I can't wait to talk about in my final thoughts, Green Bay. Uh, Jamie, what do you think is going to happen in this game? I need your help on this one, Paige. Uh, can you tell me how many wins Kirk Cousins has against the Bears since he's been Zero. Oh, okay. Zero. Uh, can you tell me how many games that Dalvin Cook has with more than 40 rushing yards against the Bears in his career? Zero. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Can you tell me that a defense that is playing at a higher level right now consistently against your division than the Chicago Bears? 
No? No. No. Okay, so putting all that together, I've already teased this enough throughout the show. I'm, I'm taking the Bears to cover and win outright. Uh, I'll take the, the extra three points as nice insurance there. Uh, it's always nice to have, but this is – you talk about a team having another one's number. Kirk Cousins does not play well against the Bears, and it's understandable. This is an elite defense that is still – it's elite defense, I will say that again. doesn't get the same love that it did a couple years ago, but that passing defense has been sensational. The rush defense has been a little bit hit or miss this year, which is why they're not talked about in that level, but they have an upper echelon passing defense with two really strong corners that Jake talked a lot about on the show last week. Uh, to me, I just don't see Minnesota moving the ball very much. Cook will get his. I, I imagine we're going to have him get more than 40 rushing yards on the ground. I'm not saying we're going to keep that streak going, but uh, I'm excited to see Chicago really have an opportunity here to put up some points offensively because of maybe this this coaching switch here, or the play calling switch, I should say. They're mostly because Minnesota's secondary has been really banged up. I know Jeff Gladney's playing really well as a rookie, but that secondary is really banged up right now. Uh, I think Allen Robinson has a big game. I think Darnell Mooney has a big game. He's starting to come on a little bit, and when he gets a little bit more chemistry with Nick Foles or whoever else might be there next year, uh, I think he's going to really start to come on and be a player. Like He's already been a really good piece that's kind of got lost in the shuffle here. I think the Bears are going to be able to put up enough offense against Minnesota, and Kirk Cousins and company are just not going to be able to match it. So I'm going to take the Bears outright, but I'll take the extra three points. Um, I'm picking on you, Akeem Hicks. This is your game, big dog. Like if you, if this is what happens when they play Minnesota. The recipe is getting in Kirk's face and making him uncomfortable. If they do that, they win this football game. And it's Akeem, and it's and it's Robert Quinn, and it's and it's Khalil Mack, and it's uncomfortable for Kirk Cousins because he cannot handle it when he gets pressure in his face. So I anticipate that our good friend Chuck Pagano will be blitzing all night. And it will be, if that happens, it will be very entertaining. So uh, I feel confident about this one. It's a weird feeling, but Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, they just, uh, it's not one of those teams I've, I've ever uh, been afraid of for the, old, for the old Bears. And this is the worst version the Bears have ever played, by the way. Like this is, this is the worst version of this Minnesota Vikings team over the last, over the last year. So, and it didn't matter if it was Mitchell Trubisky or Chase Daniel or whomever they decided to play. They always, they Matt Nagy undefeated against the Lions and the Vikings. So it's, this is that one game. I, I hope they're able to take care of business. And inevitably, I will share with you guys, I might even let my dad talk to you guys for 30 seconds after the game because he is coming over to watch the Bears game tomorrow night. And if there's anything that's going to go viral from our podcast ever, it's Plato Demacos and his initial reactions to any football game. So I may just bless the podcast with that shenanigans tomorrow night so it's just it will that be is a chaotic. phenomenal name by the way <laughs> there's just just phenomenal it's any anytime anytime anybody asks me oh you must be greek i say yeah my dad's name is plato that's how greek i am so it's that's that's the that's the response that that puts it uh quantifies just how greek the family is jake final thoughts on today's podcast somebody on this show Pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win that division. Somebody told you that Ben was the king of the North and that the division goes through Pittsburgh, but that's not even where I'm heading with my final thoughts tonight. Somebody else on the show stepped out and said, a hot take might be that the Baltimore Ravens don't make the playoffs. Now, while they're still in the picture, I've been telling you for a little while now, they got some holes. The defense is overrated. They're going to have some injuries. And if they have any injuries, it's going to be really, really tough for them to win. Lamar Jackson's now one and seven when losing at halftime. This team has issues. They got to play Pittsburgh again. They got to play Cleveland again. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying it's heading towards being correct on a hot take of this could happen when Colin Cowherd and others had him going 16 and 0 and the greatest team ever. When I told you in the preseason, they've got issues. Look at the rankings tonight on Pro Football Focus had the rankings for per, per position, right? It was god-awful on that defense. You're talking about the defensive line. Now, Clayus Campbell's out. They lost their blocking tight end. Now they don't have one. Now you don't have Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews is whatever as a receiver, and now you don't have your blocking tight end. They had real, real problems. It is not looking good in Baltimore. Listen, kudos to, uh, to Jake for – and listen, we were all collectively very high on Pittsburgh. In fact, we put that graphic out and we took a lot of heat 
Took a lot of heat on the TDN Fantasy account. Took a lot of heat on the Draft Network account. I think we need to rerun it, personally. Oh, oh it's going to, it will run. You know your girl, okay? Petty Page CEO, new level of petty, okay? It's about to be on. That graphic is going to be up once a week from now until the end of the season. Like, you, not only not only is I Pittsburgh... I took it from Bengals fans. I took it from Ravens fans. I took it from Browns fans. Guys, By the just, way, last time I checked, they're 9-0. and I was going to say, how many losses did Pittsburgh have? Oh, none? Okay. All right. So, that's... Yeah, they play I, Jacksonville next week. That'd be yeah. Terrible. Point proven. So, I think we are owed some apologies, and you better believe I will be... Uh, unleashing the receipts to my boy Fred over at Freezing Cold Takes. So just prepare yourselves accordingly. Jamie, what's your final thoughts today? My final thoughts is taking a quick look ahead to next week. We have three elite primetime games, and that is really exciting on the schedule. With you, We are talked a lot about Seattle and Arizona on Thursday night. You get the Chiefs and Raiders on Sunday night. And Rams Buccaneers on Monday night, which is going to be uh, all of those games are extremely exciting, have massive playoff implications, massive fantasy implications. Uh, I mean, look, if, if things could get really interesting, because if you look at the the Seattle Arizona game we already talked about, like winner ends the night in first place. Chiefs Raiders, Jake mentioned, like, hey, look, if the Raiders win that game, all of a sudden you start to look at them two wins over Kansas City, they're within a game, so at that point they're only a half game back. Things could get interesting. Rams Buccaneers, like the Buccaneers have some primetime demons to get over. And the Rams defense is playing at a really high level right now. And that's a team that is kind of on that like teetering ledge between like, can they win the division or are they going to be fighting for the seventh seed, depending on how they play these next couple of weeks. So these are going to be really, really exciting. I can't remember a week that we've gotten three elite primetime games and none of them were flexed in. Like they were just, they had their schedule just happened to work out that way. We're this late in the season. We have three high quality, major playoff implication primetime games. I'm really excited because we've had a string of some meh primetime games last several weeks. Like there's been a lot of just like, we're getting through the Thursdays. We're getting through the, the Monday nights. And I'm really excited to have this matchup of just really, really good teams that we're now talking about playoff picture like that. This is where we start to get around Thanksgiving and then it starts to shift away from, okay, we want to see what these teams are. We want to see where they're building and starts going to every single game feels like, where does it put them in playoff standing? What does that mean for the rest of the records? What does that mean for tiebreakers? We're starting to get in that kind of year. And it's only a little bit more crazy with that extra playoff spot now where there's more teams involved. And to Jake's point about, you know, the Ravens potentially missing the playoffs. There's a huge glut of six and three teams in the AFC right now. Like going from the, the current four seed down to the fifth wild card would be Indianapolis, the Raiders, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, currently in that order, all at six and three. Obviously, one of them would win the South. But there, I mean, this is a really, really exciting playoff run right now, especially in the AFC, where there's going to be a lot of teams in contention now. There's eight, what, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in contention for seven spots that all have six and three records or better. And aside from Kansas city, they all have at least three losses. That's, that's really exciting. Right, Casey and Pittsburgh, they all leave at least three losses. That's really exciting. So uh, we're starting to get to that time of year and I, I'm getting jazzed up for it. Thinking about the playoffs that are going to have a little bit of extra, at least a little bit of extra bluster on wildcard weekend with us getting that free extra game there, that seven versus two. So uh, it all is going to start here in week 11, where we have those three games that are going to have major shifts in both the AFC and the NFC when they're all said and done. Yeah, that's um, very excited for all of those primetime matchups. A lot of implications, as you said. The final thoughts for me are Seattle fans, if you're still listening, you should be panicking. And if you lose on Thursday night, you should be really, really panicking because this team is not the same team that we saw. And quite frankly, after looking at the schedule and the teams that they beat and the teams that they barely beat, there's a lot more question marks than I think we even thought at, at, at even just as I've been scrolling through while we're on the podcast here and I'm going, Oh, barely beat that Dallas Cowboys team, barely beat Minnesota at home. Bare, like some of these victories, Atlanta, like you're, you're not beating, you haven't gone and shown us that you deserve all the hype that was around you and, and what Russell was doing. So this is, you lose Thursday night and things are going to get really, really ugly. So to all our, all our Cardinals listeners, I hope you guys have a little magic left in you because in the Bruce Arians era, 
they would go up to Seattle and they were the only team that could go up there for a long period of time and get a victory. I can think of Carson Palmer fist pumping up in Seattle. I can think of some of the most special moments up in Seattle and, and playing. And it will obviously not have the same luster with no fans and the, and the difference that it is. But it's still a tough place to play. Russ is still better at home, obviously. Go get it done, K1. I want to see it Thursday night. I think that's that's what my final thoughts are. I'm very excited to see what this team can do and the magic that they can take um, after they've gotten a couple of a couple of really good victories. So final thoughts. Sorry, Seattle. The panic meter is at seven, and if you lose, it's going to nine. So uh, I'm sure very few of you are still listening, but Arizona Cardinal fans, as I said, are very pumped up by the end of this podcast. So, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? At Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TDN Fantasy. And be sure to check out all of our written content at thedraftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.